ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Evening Jones. What y'all been up to? That's all I got for you, man. What y'all been up to? I like to try to regale you with some sort of tale from my life in New York City. I tend to be around and like notice funny stuff. You know what I mean? Like that's what I try to provide for y'all. I ain't really got it today. Supply is low. Haven't been doing enough. Haven't been going enough places. I guess that's the way to put it. I have no idea. I already told you about my damn bicycle. That's what I can do. Let me tell you what I've developed a respect for, ladies and gentlemen. A respect for something that drives people out of professional sports all the time, and we just don't think about it enough. A little something called lingering injuries. Now, some as you know, took a tumble off my bicycle on my first ride through Central Park. By the way, I had another situation where my shoelace got caught in the pedal of the chain, wherever it was, but I stopped it before it turned into a thing. I ain't fall that time. But anyway, I fell. It wasn't a very, like it was a delicate fall, but a fall nonetheless, but I fell on my hip, right? And I ain't gonna lie, man, my hip's still a little sore, right? We coming up on two weeks since the initial situation. My hip's still a little sore, but I landed a little bit on my wrist. And man, it's been like two weeks and this just hurts. Like, I don't even think I, like, broke a bone or nothing. Like, I feel a little swelling, you know, right there. Like, I know I know what ain't right, but by now, this shouldn't still be no problem. You understand what I'm saying? Like, like I should have moved on past this. This is a lingering injury. I have already reconciled myself to the idea that it is possible that I may have this pain in my wrist for literally the rest of my life. You know why? Because at this age... Every injury is a lingering injury. Like, I ain't 40 yet, but I'll be there soon. Let me ask you a question. Anybody you know that's had some kind of injury when they was like 40? Did it ever really go away? Did they ever stop talking about it? It's not how it works at this point. Like, this is my trick wrist from here on out. Does anybody still say that? Like, you know, y'all got a trick knee. Does anybody still refer to having like trick body parts? I always felt like that was such a great reference. I don't see any reason why not. It's not like we replaced it with anything. Like if all we say about it is I got a bad knee. That's it. Oh, also, I, I saw somebody mention something in the chat. This reminds me. As I may have told some of y'all, I've been engaging in my physical fitness, right? I mean, basically, I'm doing a luxurious bid. That's the way I'm describing this, right? Like, this is kind of like when you look in Goodfellas when they in the Fed, except I ain't got my partners around, you know? Like, I, ain't, I can't go nowhere. I got a limited amount of space that I can go to and around. It's kind of a house arrest situation. But, you know, I got a very nice mattress, and that is very, very important. Uh, in a time like this, but I'm basically doing a luxurious bid, right? Doing some writing, doing some reading. Who knows? Matter of time before I start copying down the dictionary. And thanks to the magic 
you know, these apps. Your boy been out here, you know, exercising, doing yoga. And I got to say, I might be in the best shape of my life. Am I officially washed? Like, to be fair, I know I'm not in the best shape of my life. I know when I was in the best shape of my life. It's not right now. But I got to say, you know, I might feel about good like five years younger after engaging in this. Which then raises the question, because everybody who ever says that winds up running into some barrier that lets them know that that ain't the game. So what's going to happen to me to make me realize that this is all a facade? And you know what the answer is? Nothing. Nothing is going to happen to make me realize this is a facade because I'm not like trying to push this to the limit. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I be working hard. I be sweating. I be breathing. You know what I'm saying? But, like, I ain't out here trying to set no records. Like, what I do think is going to happen in part that people are going to realize in the course of this pandemic because a lot of the, like, home fitness stuff that people have had to go to, something that a lot of people are going to realize that they do not need out of that gym experience is all that weight. Right? There is, I believe, um, an element of perhaps... I don't know if I want to call it toxic masculinity, but it's definitely masculinity that has the potential to go toxic of like just wanting to feel like you throwing up a bunch of weight. It ain't even about what kind of shape you're in, right? You just want to be able to throw up a bunch of weight. And in order to throw up a bunch of weight, you got to have access to a bunch of weight and all the devices that have all the weight. Now, me, myself, I'm not in this trying to get all, like, swole. You know, that dude. Like, that's just not the approach that I'm taking about this. That probably wouldn't pay off very well for me anyway if that's what I was trying to do. And I guess to a degree, to some of y'all, that's really what y'all trying to be. Y'all trying to be the swole dude. And I guess if you want to be a swole dude or a swole lady, it's 2020, you know, um, if that's what you want to be, then you need to be in there with all them weights. But the reality is you can do a whole lot of good work with not a lot of weight. Which, I mean, Herschel Walker are a freak of nature, of course, but all Herschel Walker ever does is push-ups and sit-ups. You know what I mean? But my point simply being that people are going to realize that they don't need all that. Therefore, they don't need to go use all that real estate and everything else that's going to come with communal activities and worrying about the safety of it and everything else. The gym industry is going to be in bad shape. Or, or, or some of y'all since y'all can't go to the gym, are just sitting around the crib. And I guess it's going to be a rush of y'all in the gym. Let me tell you, the gym going to look like if the gym opened back up. Some of y'all are going to be back in there, you know what I'm saying, like you were before you left. Otherwise, man, that shit going to look like a 20-year high school reunion. Everybody going to look the same. Just 25 pounds heavier. All the stresses of their lives all over their faces. That will happen. Like, I worry about, like, them bodybuilder types. Has anybody looked into this? Like, I don't I don't want to be flipping about this, but I remember reading, um, I think it was Sean, uh, 
Sean Assel's book on uh, the WWE, uh, which is a really good book. I recommend you check out. But he said at one of those points where the WWE decided they was going to crack down um, on the steroids, start testing them cats, and so these cats couldn't use the steroids anymore. And, you know, there's a lot of psychological stuff that tends to come up with people and, you know, the steroids and their, you know, this extreme level of vanity and all this. But these dudes were like day by day watching themselves get smaller. And for them, it was creating like real mental health situations. Like you ever seen any interviews of them bodybuilder dudes? I mean, or ladies, once again, not even 2020. They've been way back. Anyway, like there's a, a fragile emotional existence that's often tied to deciding that you're going to like become one of these people. I don't see how they can really like lift the weight like they used to. Like I imagine that like the professionals that's got some bread, they got their own gym space. But what about these others? They, I'm sure they out here doing some renegade shit. They meeting up in somebody's garage or something. They like, yo, man, all we got is us. Anyway, let us move on to your questions. We haven't done something like this in a while, but we are recording this on Stevie Wonder's 70th birthday. And I feel that given that we are recording this on Stevie Wonder's 70th birthday, for those of you who maybe don't know as much about uh, Stevie, as others do and don't know as much about me and my buddy Lance and everything we do, that this would be a good time to, you know, just hip you to something that you may not have been aware of. I'm stalling this out a little bit because I just sent it out on the tweets that we were going to be discussing this. And so I want to give people time to come into the room. I'm just sending this out now. So now people on the tweets know that this is a thing that we are going to talk about. And I know that some of y'all don't know what this is because some of y'all are new to this and once again i want to say happy birthday to stevie wonder because like stevie stevie the man like that now uh so one time lance is working at a store an electronic store stevie wonder come in stevie bought four top of the line flat screen tvs they're good guys in beverly Four top of the line, flat screen TVs. I'm inclined to let you draw your own conclusions about the way that man lives. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm good either way. I feel like the difference between me and most people who engage in this discussion is I want Stevie to be able to see. I can't figure out why any of y'all want Stevie to be blind. For what? What does that provide you? How does that make your life better? I mean, it obviously doesn't make Stevie's life better. What does it do for you? Like, if you were to come tell me, Stevie wanted to have been lying to you for his whole life, which is even longer than your life. He'd been lying his whole life about not being able to see. You know what I would say? I'm so glad that he can see. And you know why I say that? I say that because, honestly, the fact that Stevie can't see has zero, zero bearing 
on how much I enjoy his music. It doesn't contribute to the process at all. Not a single bit. Right? I mean, all right, you got me. You can see. I wouldn't be offended. I'd take it as it went. But something I thought about. Since Stevie couldn't see, right? And they just put some shades on them. All that stuff about like the music industry stuff, like how you look, your appearance, like handsomeness and stuff like that. I've never considered where Stevie falls in this paradigm at all. But it doesn't matter anymore because you blind. Like we strip all that away. You ain't got to think about that. You know what else you ain't got to think about? You ain't got to think about whether or not Stevie can dance. Have you considered that there is an alternate universe where Stevie Wonder was like a great dancer? And so therefore, all the music they tried to make him do was music that involved him like being out front? Like, have you ever considered the possibility that, you know, whatever would be the 1974, 75 equivalent? that they could have had Stevie Wonder out there looking like Bobby Brown in the uh, Every Little Step I Take video? You had never considered that, had you? You realize that the music industry could have ruined Stevie Wonder if he could see and he could dance because they would have just been trying to have him out there out front dancing all the time. Like, can you imagine if Stevie was like the sex symbol dude like that? And then the disco stuff come around, and now they got Stevie out there dressed like the Isley Brothers, right? Because, you know, Stevie would come out there in the dashikis and all that stuff because he was getting in touch with his Africanness. Man, if there was money on the line for what Stevie was wearing, Stevie would be out there, right there, looking like Ernie Isley. Can you imagine the God-awful things that they would have been trying to get Stevie to do in the 80s if Stevie could see? Like the ways that they would try to set him up, the awful music videos with him walking around. You feel me here? So as much as I want for Stevie to be able to see, maybe it worked out that he could not. Or, 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 perhaps, Somebody along the way realized that Stevie needed to be protected and his musical genius needed to be protected. And how is it that we can stop Stevie from being corrupted by the forces that run the music industry? How can we stop them from focusing on what is superficial and to get deep into what matters, which is the music? Think about this. And you hadn't thought about this, but think about this. And if I'm wrong, you let me know. But since the music video became a thing, who was the last blind person to blow up? Anybody? Because, yo, there's a long lineage of blind people making dope music, right? Like, it's not like Stevie Wonder and Ray Charles, like the only two blind people that's been out here making a name for themselves in this music game, right? What's my man's name? Uh, Jose Feliciano, right? And don't forget about the blues, like Blind Lemon Jefferson, Andrea Bocelli, 
Now, look, it is entirely possible that they have just made such great strides um, in eradicating blindness that we just don't have as many blind people as we did before. I have no idea, right? Like, maybe that's what it is. That seems like something that could be totally possible. You know, Cl Clarence Carter. How could I forget Clarence Carter? Right? But how you sell a blind, like, how do you sell a blind musical act now? Is somebody trying to do that? You just not going to convince me for a minute that there has not been a blind person in the last 40 years that could rock the house. You just not. I don't know how we got there, but anyway, oh yeah, Steve Wonder. Anyway, let's move on to your questions. Why is Molly in her feelings for Issa reaching out to Andrew through Nathan, even after she asked directly? Um, I want to be very clear that he is talking about insecure, AKA the black civil war before you think we just out here gossiping about real people like this. Um, so here's what I find. Okay. So some of you may be new here. I call insecure the black civil war and I call Mondays on Twitter, hashtag projection Mondays, because what insecure has done a fantastic job of is drawing up these situations that made people feel like this is about their lives as much as it is about the lives of the people on camera, right? So Projection Monday, it is. Uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the latest episode of Insecure, I'm going to talk about it now. You deal with it, okay? So Issa needs a favor because she's throwing this block party and her headliner flaked. So her homegirl, Molly, she dating this dude who works at Live Nation. And so she asked her homegirl, Molly, yo, can you talk to Andrew for me about this? And Molly is like, yo, nah, I don't really want to, you know, like cross. But, you know, I perfectly understandable why you don't want to do this, right? You don't want to get into a situation where the way your friend handles business could have an effect on your relationship. Totally understand. Bang is perfectly reasonable, right? And please understand, as somebody who got all kinds of people who know somebody who knows somebody who want to talk to me, I can appreciate the idea of a gatekeeper being like, nah, step back. Right. I get that. This is me putting my own personal life into this again, like everybody else is. I can see where you come from, where it's coming from. And I think I might find it a little weird if you went through somebody else to do this same thing, because in the end, you still my crew. And if it goes bad with you, it's still going to have like some level of effect on my life. I get maybe being a little miffed about that. Running up on your homegirl at her event like you want to scrap it out with her. Nah, man, ain't no defending that one. None whatsoever, right? But in the end, you watch the episode, what's abundantly clear while everybody else is on the internet arguing. Okay, the irony is this. The internet seems to be arguing about whether or not it was wrong to go around to another hookup to get to the same dude. But on the screen, it is transparently obvious that their argument has nothing to do with the principle at stake about talking to her man about this thing nothing at all they got a friendship that's already falling apart and this wound up being a trigger 
because there had to be a trigger. And I say that to say, when you engage in this projection Monday, the fictional characters that you're talking about aren't even arguing about this point. Shit, man, that was on three days ago. I saw somebody on the internet arguing about this, and people are, like, standing in their truth about it. And, you know, I got all kinds of trivial stuff that I'm down to get into an argument with strangers about, right? Like, I don't want to pretend like I'm totally above it. Like, I'm, you know, I engage in such things. But I ain't doing it with you every week. But, man, they got people like that. Television show is good. It's very beautifully shot. It's very well done in that way. But I am like, I don't see why people cannot watch that. Like, I do. Why can't people separate their own lives from that show? Like, I don't, I, I'm glad that that's a superpower that I don't have. Like, I'm not watching this show thinking about myself. And that is not the way that it seems that a lot of people consume that show. Appreciate the question. Let's see what we got here. Um, so is anything going to be done about Boosie? Um, that's a very good question. I have seen rumblings about this on the internet, but apparently, uh, Boosie has as grown women to do like sexual things with his 12 and 13 year old sons. Do I have that right? Yeah, dog, they'll show up at the house and take your kids for that. I actually think that's going to happen. Cause they got to right. Like real simple. If a police officer in his jurisdiction comes across this on Instagram, you have to go show up. Like, if anybody actually care, like somebody whose job it is to care about kids in these circumstances, if you find out about this and you got the authority, you have to go. That's it. So I do believe something's going to happen. You know, something else. All right. Appreciate the question. Let's see what else we got here. My sister got into Harvard. Does that mean I have to accept my place during family Thanksgiving at the bottom of the family talent food chain quietly? I don't know why you're asking me. Does that sound like something you think I can relate to? No disrespect, but... uh mm. Like, the only way that I can make you feel better about this is to say things that you might find to be insulting about your sister. I won't do that. Oh, appreciate the question. Let me see what else you got here. Ooh, boy, it's a lot of questions to go through to not have some of them be better. Ludacris or Nelly? Hey, man, let me ask y'all a question about this. This is really about Nelly. And this this is like, I'm not saying this is shade. I'm just asking. And I guess I'm really asking black people because like, you'll understand where I'm coming from. 
Like, do you know anybody where like Nelly was like their favorite rapper? Like at all. And that's not a shade to him because he had hits, right? Like he had jams. He had songs that were all over the place. But I can't think of a single occasion that like I got in like some black person's car and that Nelly tape was playing. Never. Like Nelly got a lot of songs that were hot at the time, but like, have you ever just sat around and been like, damn, I need to bump that Nelly album or I even need to bump that Nelly song. Like, I, I, I don't recall anybody being at that place with him, but he got some jams. Ludacris, on the other hand, I can't name a whole lot of people where like Ludacris was their favorite rapper, but I know a whole lot of people that was bumping Ludacris tapes. Like you'd get in somebody's car and then Luda would be playing. Luda, Luda quietly has an incredible career that nobody ever gives him credit for having. And he made it happen himself in a way that other cats did not do, right? Like he is an amazing hip hop success story. Amazingly self-made in that regard. And we don't get that dude no credit at all. And he can rap. Like it's not like he can't rap. Like Nelly, all right. But Luda, Luda can rap. Like, you could put Luda up there with, like, Cats That Matter, and Luda will rap his ass off. Luda went battle mode on T.I. and wrecked him. Wrecked him. And let's not act like T.I. can't rap. T.I. is great. He wrecked that dude. Luda got every kind of song you want. He does them all without sacrificing any real level of credibility. All of that stuff. Nobody thinks of him that way. Now, he does not have like that dynamite lights out classic album, but neither does Buster Rhymes. Like, I, I'm an ELE dude, but like, that's mine. You know what I mean? Neither does Buster Rhymes, but when Buster Rhymes show up, people are like, yo, that dude can really rap. Luda doesn't even get that. Luda had his, com- like, getting commercials, doing the Pepsi stuff and everything else. Like, Luda made it all happen. And we just don't really. Think about him like that. But I bet when people show up for that Luda Nelly thing, um, Luda going, you're going to be like, oh, damn, Luda got jams. Uh, also, fair warning. I don't know who all is showing up into these Instagram lives and it'd be like hundreds of thousands of people. But you do need to know it's about to be some white girls in there. Because from what I can tell, that is what was powering the Nelly empire. White girls. They loved it. No shade to your Ford. I mean, you make a lot of money that way. Like, this is actually what I would like to see. The difference in response when you drop the Nelly song at the HBCU party versus when you drop the Nelly song at the PWI party. Like, when you drop Hot and Her, Hot and Her goes extra hard at the, at the party with the white girls at it in a way that not the same on the other side. Just not the same. Appreciate the question. Let me see what we got here. <laughs> How relieved is the dude who's going to give the commencement speech this spring at Morehouse? Hashtag tough act to follow. Had not thought of this. Great point. Because the dude last year paid off everybody's student loans. Oh, yeah, you ain't got it. <laughs> this is a big win for the commencement speaker. Because <laughs> no matter what, you going to be up there like the house at Halloween. They give away pencils 
because it's a dentist who lived there. Appreciate the question. Let's see what else we got here. Are they really tripping that hard on black people in New York City for not wearing masks and social distancing? I mean, it's hard for me to know that, sir. I've been social distancing. And by the way, when I'm outside, everybody got a mask on. Like, I don't really know how prevalent the phenomenon is. Like, every now and then you see a bunch of dudes in front of the building looking like they're having a cipher. And I wish they take their dumb asses inside, but it's, it's not that common. Appreciate the question. Let's see what else we got here. I'll answer this. I know your parents taught at CAU. Did they have a relationship with Kanye's mother, or did you meet Kanye back then before it was Kanye? I did not meet him. Uh, my parents, I would not say had a relationship with them, but actually it's interesting. My mother knows or knew Kanye's mother from Oklahoma city. Like, yeah, like they grew up in the same space like that. But like when Donda died, my mama had called my aunt and they were talking and my aunt was like, yeah, you know, the funerals, you know, in a couple of days, uh, for Donda West, the mom was, you know, she remembered her, how terrible it was. And then my aunt says, um, you know, and Kanye is getting to town in a couple of days. And my mother had never put the two and two together for whatever reason. Never did. Like my mama says that Kanye's mama was the first, like you remember a baby being born. Like the first time, like the first baby she remembers being born was Donda West. All right. Appreciate the question. See what else we got here. Has the Rona made you reconsider how much physical contact you may have with your parents in the future? I mean, look, man, it's simple. Either they're going to get us a shot or they not. If they give us a shot, we good. If they don't, we're not. That's it. Like my parents, anybody else, you know? And so I got to hope, you know, everything goes smooth until they get us a shot. But until they get us a shot, man, what are we about to do? Let me tell you all again, when that shot comes, you go get in line with some white folks. You don't really want to be trying to get on this experimental version. Nah, 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 nah. You don't want, you know, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want to cut with nothing. Give me the OG. Dude over there talking about I'm good on the shot. I'm not. I'm not good on the shot at all. Like, do you realize, and this is what I think people need to realize when we start talking about the shot and all of this stuff. Like, it used to be this thing called measles, which, by the way, started making a little bit of a comeback because people ain't want to get on those shots. Yo, we would have all been ravaged by measles, except they got that shot, man. Smallpox used to be clearing out these streets. They got that shot, man. Stop being a dumbass and get the shot. Yeah, my man over there talking about polio. Polio! Go get you the shot, man. And if you don't want to, fine. Keep the line short for me, right? You, you say you'll be safe. Okay, cool. Me and mine, we getting that shot. I'm about to be all right after I get that shot. If I don't get that shot, so that shot going to run you about $1,100. Yo, I am at, I'm going to be right here with you. I need you to understand something, ladies and gentlemen. $1,100 is a whole lot of money. And if you were in a position where in order to get that shot, $1,100 is more than you have, and $1,100 is more than you come up, could come up with 
that is like terrible to consider. It will be awful if that happens. If you are uninsured, whatever it is, I hate that for you. I don't like I would I wouldn't want that to be the case. But if you ain't got to get your broke ass out the way, because I do. Let me go outside tomorrow. They'd be like, yo, it'll be eleven hundred dollars. I'll be right back. I'll run up in that bank. I ain't I've been scared to walk in the bank. Nah, man. I'll run up in that bad boy like, yo, what's up? I'm out there. Oh, if you take it, don't let me find out you taking a personal check. Yeah, I go right now. Right now. Man, I'd spend money I didn't have. All all I have to do to get back among the world. Oh, oh. $1,100. Let me tell you something. Trump sent out them stimulus checks. And them stimulus checks that come out for like $1,100, $1,200, whatever it was, and they said now everybody got to spend it to get the vaccine. Man, motherfuckers would have put that down to get that vaccine. We all be back to work right now. You out here talking about, I'm good on the vaccine. You're not good on your brain, dummy. It's about to be cracking once we get that shot. I'm scared of needles, man. Please you stick me all the needles you need. They they tell me they have to give it to me like acupuncture. That's fine. Whatever. I got to get it tattooed on me. That's fine. In fact, I think I might do that. They give me that shot. I'll go to somebody's tattoo parlor. Give me something that everybody can see. I ain't got it or got that shot. Where I need to put what I got to do, what I got to do to let you know that it can be all good with me. Yeah, Jacob in chat saying, you know what I'm scared of? Dying of COVID. Yo, man, COVID creeping up and getting people all kind of ways, too. The only thing we know about this is that we don't know nothing about it. That's the most disheartening part of the whole situation. The only thing we know is that we don't know nothing. JB said that they got to stick a needle in my eye. Yeah, go ahead. That's fine. Whatever. Whatever. You tell me right now, I do this and I won't have whatever. It's nine o'clock. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on the Evening Jones. Try to do this thing about once a week. My man, Lance Gilliam, handles everything behind the scenes. Thank you, sir. Remember, if you can't watch the Evening Jones live, subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe at the right time. Subscribe at Stitcher Radio. Check us out at SoundCloud. We are also at the Google Play Store. And up. Uh, talk to you guys next week. Take it easy. <laughs>